rolling. We started. Is yeah, this we, it? We, 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 this is not reasonable. Yet, not, yet, not, yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We got. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Now. Whoa. This is the ignorant shit you like. I am King Cool. This is the ignorant shit you I'm like. Nigga. Mike. This is the ignorant shit you like. Come on. <laughs> this is the ignorant shit you like. You know the movie has when a motherfucker got a nine chasing a chicken. Bombs. Reasonable Ignorance Podcast. <laughs> Episode 159. We are back. Hand claps. <laughs> Once again, joined by the Darkness Delegations. First hand members, uh, Delcia to my left. Hand claps. Somebody dark skinned used to bully you and shit when you was growing up. Is that what it is? And to the right of me, it's the darkness of 79th Street on Magic Mike. Southside, man. I'm with the whole Southside. Stay to the lake. Stay to the lake. I, I, I enjoy Chicago so much that I go in early at night. This is the only time. This is the latest I'll be out at night on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Yeah, they shooting this motherfucker <laughs> up every fucking night. I'm talking about went to take my black ass home last week. Yeah. It was tape, red tape on 61st yeah. and King Drive and on 63rd. Police like, where you going? I'm like, right there. Yeah, she had to wait, walk. Wait, you, but you get off right there. When I dropped her off. go down King Drive. Wednesday night after the after the podcast. Really? Yeah. Yeah, two guys that got shot. One was right in front of the guy roll spot. That's how bad he won the guy roll. He, he got a... Uh, Extra cheese in it. Two shots to the ass. Yeah. Bombs! Yeah. My fault. Rewind that. Pop it. (laughs) (laughs) How disrespectful. Uh, It is... We we joking and being sarcastic, but, you know, 75 shot, 12 dead. We made CNN. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude, of course. They call up for National Guard and on Facebook. That's not going to never happen in Chicago. That's going to fuck up the tourism here in Chicago. They're going to keep it where it's supposed to be at, on in Lawndale and on the south side. They're saying when you get off, on, when you fly in on American Airlines, I'm telling y'all, don't carry y'all asses over there past 55th Street if you want to. Go to the White Sox, go go to Guarantee Rate Field to see the White Sox and get your ass on the train and come right back downtown. Yep. Who, who goes to, you know, who goes to a Fifi or a kickback or whatever they're doing on the west side? Thousand people on the block and you know it's potentially you're going to get shot. Motherfuckers that want to get shot at. The people that's the people that's uh, motherfuckers that want to get shot at. Man, no, they, 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 know, they think it's a game. Man, if that shit is busting like that, I'm finna be twenty feet away from all you niggas. Motherfuckers feet. wanted to get shot at. Twenty I blocks. I mean, the person that was filming that shit, he wasn't fucking running for his motherfucking. Life. At all. Did you see the video? Hell yeah, 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 I did. They was running like they just announced they was giving away hundred dollar bills. <laughs> By Willie, uh, ass by Will, by <laughs> Willie Wilson. Yeah, like they said, here go Willie Wilson over here. They was tearing ass. <laughs> and there was one dude sitting on the garbage can. He wasn't worried about shit. Oh, my God. Man, that's, that's, we, we, we. And they probably wasn't even shooting at nobody. Probably was shooting in the fucking air. Well, I asked the seven people to get shot. Well, they that was, was on, right that was on there? 76 and Loomis. What yeah. was that about? That was, I told you what the new thing is now. They play slide. They tag, they, they nemesis in it. They, the ops in it. And they fuck with them all day, and at the end of the night, when they know they all out, 
when somebody goes live, they slide. So the thing is, the song of slide is about, and you said FBG Duck was good for hip hop. I tried to tell you, no, it's not. That's not good. That's Chief Keep shit all over again. They signed, I'm quite sure it's 60 other rappers here in Chicago better than talking about shooting somebody. You know why they signed that boy? Because he had a video where he got a Tommy gun getting out the fucking oven. And everybody else in the video got, they said, go get him. We're going to make him next. They gave him $60,000. And that's what they, no, they gave him more than that. I'm talking about, you know, he said he, uh, they wouldn't let him on a plane through the airport because he had the money on him. He's like, this ain't even 60 G's. So, you know, we, we, you know, fucked up way, you know, and, and until we get it right, the next generation, man, it's terrible. These kids don't eat, they don't race down the street no more. Remember the, I know, I'm sure we all remember racing and playing it and, and doing games and hide, catch a girl, kiss a girl. With all this shit, they don't do that no more. He always caught the ugly bitch. She never was running. <laughs> New music. <laughs> Sound guy Mike. All white. Get it, get it. Get the money. money. Motherfucker, fucker. Hustle, hustle, hustle. hustle kill hustle, you, what? Hustle, gotta get it. Get the money. Get money. the money. Motherfucker. Fucker. Hustle, 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 hustle. Hustle. Chasing money. Chasing money. Look at that. In the bar. Selling dope. Selling white. Got them fiends lining up for a bump of that white. Five deep in the bathroom, all doing white. Off a key, off a car, they gon' do it all night. Look out on the dance floor, they all keep off that white. Got them all on the floor, all keep off that white. Hoes looking for a quick buck, sniffing white all night. Got that white, they gon' chop you down for the right price. Step into the club wearing all white. Shoes and socks all white, in the pockets all white, in a whip that's all white. Got a hoe and she white, she gon' go for the white, let her blow for the white. Don't you know I gotta get it, get it, get the money, money. Motherfucker, fucker, hustle, 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 hustle. Gotta get it, get the money, money. Motherfucker, fucker, hustle, 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 chasing money. Chasing money, got a crib and the walls all white. Got a plug and he white. Selling C notes of the white. Break it down for the right price. Line them up for the night. They gon' buy all the white. Pushing bags of that white. Got these hoes pushing white. Got them all doing white. In the club, it's all white. Politicians all white. Laws are made for all white. Most of these lawyers doing white. Most your jury will be white. Most of them are doing white, but that's another white. What the fuck is wrong with you tonight? You ain't right. Talking about all that white. What the fuck? Tonight? The white. Shout man, out to the band. He's gonna shout out to the sound guy, Mike, with his new album that just dropped. What's the album called? Stanima. Stamina? Stanima. Stanima. Yeah. You can be able to get that on iTunes as we speak right now. Um, and anywhere else in a couple of weeks. All over title, um, YouTube. Uh, it's on YouTube, right? It's on YouTube right now and that Yeah, I'm gonna start working. It's on free download. Make sure you push the YouTube though. Yeah, push I'm the YouTube. Ain't nobody gonna get that piff no more like that. I'm gonna start working out to it in the morning on, on a, running all night. <laughs> the bitch with the white three niggas in the motherfucking bathroom. He, cho- he want he wanted to cho- he wanted to choose another record. Um, I chose that one right there, but I like that one. I like the most that one. This is the one I was rocking in the car on the way here. So hand claps to you, man. Congratulations. Shout out to Sam Mike.
I pray that soon. Come getting pulled over. I'm like, you got to get my car to the pile. Let's get the financial guys. Tonight, we got to get the financial Hold guys on before up. we do that. Tonight's podcast is um, um, will be on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and it's being filmed by the Robinson Brothers. Blood Brothers doing something together, constructing. Try not to make me look extra fat. How about that? Slim lens, please. <laughs> Bob's! There he is, right there. Can I get the slim lens, please? Oh, man. Good luck. Good luck. All right. Um, Isn't it the hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> talking to the Polish. <laughs> you double door refrigerator built ass. Oh, come on. You round of burnt piece of chicken. All right. You wish you could bite this burnt piece of chicken. Oh. Can't y'all tell they love each other? I can't stand this bastard. Come on, you look like a big marshmallow right now. Whoa! Right. Oh. <laughs> Did you see the facial expression? Anyway. Oh. It looked like I need to take you with me when I go get fitted for bras. What are you, like a double E or something up in there? 52E or something, my nigga? Come on, what's up? All right, all right. Like, who's sucking on whose titties when y'all doing it at night? Okay, okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's all right. Been hanging around Magic Mike too much. Yeah, huh? I like that myself. Yeah, all right. I like all my I want to do is all I got to say one no. word to say. <laughs> no. Breathe. Just, just breathe. That's no. all. No, fucking, they would bloop his titties out on TV. <laughs> the fuck. Your face look like a whole big of your belly all mm. round. You look like the number eight <laughs> sitting down. I know. I can keep going. I'm trying to tell you. I Me got too. I got jokes. <laughs> Me too, I got a lot of them. Rewind. That was the warm-up. Shout out to our, our guest tonight um, from CWIM Money. All right, these are the money guys right here. Introduce yourself, please. Indeed. My name is Brian Johnson. I am the founder of the Commonwealth Initiative, otherwise CWI Money. Okay. Uh, and we have one of our officers. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Romel Downer. And uh, I am one of the authors of the Commonwealth Initiative. Which don't, get, is a don't get the radio voice on me, brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Commonwealth Initiative, which is a financial planning and consulting firm. How long have you guys been doing this? Since 2012. 2012. That's indeed 2012. That's when we started the mission to help um, provide financial education and services to the community in a more collaborative and uh, colorful way. So our, my background is in, in finance, been in, in over for over 20 years, and I didn't see a lot of individuals that look like myself. So I wanted to take those elements and, and skill sets and, and bring them to the inner city, inner community, to help individuals that look like us. Hand claps to that. All right. That is right, motherfuckers. We just trying to get y'all credit score higher than Jamal's blood pressure. <laughs> we got to slow down. That was a good one right there. Yeah, I got to slow down. That was a good one. <laughs> so listen, what, what, you're talking about... You I love you back. <laughs> you're targeted you clients back. are people that look like you, African-Americans, right? Well, when we say our targeted, our targeted clients are anywhere that range from 18 to, to retirement age. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're a global company so we work with anyone we uh we work in and we help various communities however ourselves as being the founders that look like us right. you know we are being an example to right. individuals in the community by providing something a service that generally we don't tap into this field which is finance so yeah you gotta you gotta, you gotta go into the club or to the city sports where they're selling these joys <laughs> at 
with niggas in line at when it's 50 below. Hey, you and know what I'm And he got $400, and his mama ain't got a porch. Right, right, Gotta right. be like, hey, my man, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, we, that bad decisions, even it out, brother. Right, but, you know, uh, how, how do you all go about, uh, say if a guy has a very, like, you know, he, a lot of people was doing a credit karma. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that was coming in the shop. He was trying to show us how to do it. But a lot of, I seen a lot of guys get discouraged because mm-hmm. he, Showed him how to get on the phone, get on the computer, and and do it. And then he was like going through the through the through the process, and you could actually tell whose shit was bad. He was like, "Hey man, I got a call." And I was like, "That nigga got a four twelve over there. He wow. he had the game. We, just just being, you know, like they get upset. You know, like a lot of us know we got bad credit, mm-hmm. but when you actually see it, that number." Like a motherfucker know he not graduating to pass to the next right. grade to the teacher be like, uh, summer school list, uh, you go right there, you know, mm-hmm. hand you the envelope. So we try to push our way through the pain like we don't, like we ignore it. How do you deal with those guys that still want to, how do they begin with the bad credit score? And do you put them on trade lines? Do you, what, yeah. what, what, is, your, what is your first, well, first initiative thing? To do? That, that's a great question. The reason, and let me take a step back. So the Commonwealth Initiative Although we provide financial services, one of the unique approaches that we take is through financial coaching. So everyone's at a different level. And coaching, just like you would do in football or basketball or any other sport, it's kind of like a hand-holding assistance type of uh, scenario. So for individuals that have issues with their credit, we take a different approach whereby we sit down, we work with them, we actually pull the credit score, the credit report. I shouldn't say we pull it, but they themselves pull the actual credit report, we sit down, we go over everything, and we come up with a solution. I think that approach removes some of the um, the frustration and anxiety with dealing with your finances. Yeah. And I found out in our experiences that actually works quite, that's more successful working, I should say, going about it that approach than taking it the, you know, going to a trade line. And there's nothing wrong with that, but everyone yeah. starts at a different level. Right, and then a lot of times, uh, individuals they don't really know what their credit score may be. We yeah. have an idea, or we think that we know what our credit score is, but we haven't actually took the time to uh, take the step to actually go and get your credit report to actually know the actual the number or yeah. where you are at. Yeah, some guys don't even know that you get actually get a pool like twice a year. No, once free. a year for free. So yeah, FCRA that's the law. You basically you have a right. Uh, to pull, I should say, you have access to your credit report once a year. Yeah. So that's what we encourage individuals to do. It's free. Go ahead uh, and pull your credit report. Sit down with someone that's a specialist. I mean, a lot of these options you can actually do yourself. So uh, for the, the the standpoint of adding or going through these extra steps, like you said, if you go and pull your credit report, if there's items on there that needs to be disputed or that's incorrect, you just you know you dispute those items and you work with the system a budget generally, or a plan of action to get yourself uh, on the right path. Who, who do you see most likely more, what is your uh, higher rate of clients trying to get themselves together, men or women? Uh, women. Yeah. Women. I would say our, our, our ladies are a little bit more intact, yeah. a little bit more bold when it comes to taking care of their finances and, and being on top of it. And that's attributed to being, you know, the head of, not the head of the house, but working with the family and making sure that they have things in alignment so that I think that comes naturally. The back, being the backbone, yeah. You know, yeah. most guys, are, oh, shit, as long as I got this whip and this dick and I'm buying these <laughs> bottles, fuck that bitch. You know what I'm saying? So they they, they don't think about their credit. You know what I'm saying? You know that's that's the most the women that let a man ruin their credit, their mama that ruin their credit for them. Well, I ain't yeah. saying all that now. I'm 
I'm yeah. saying it. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of women have you put numerous kids, names, and bills. <laughs> But by the time you're 21, you should be able to hey, dispute that. Hey, nigga, I was seven. <laughs> what the fuck? It's been 14 years since I had that that common, that that spectrum bill. Motherfucker, they don't even have that shit number. Why is it still on my credit? You know what I'm saying? But just to add on to that, we might see more women um, coming to get their budget done, but we do see a lot of men yeah. coming with needing assistance on helping with starting the business or just getting right. their business redeveloped. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Is there any way y'all can remove child support from uh, credit reports? <laughs> I got a Look, baby on mine. There's a baby just, just sitting there. They ain't I even a number nothing. I celebrated last, last December. <laughs> <laughs> oh I was celebrating goodness. last December my last child support payment. So, brother, if there was a way. Man, you should have been. Could, claps. Then, <laughs> was it on a Sunday? It wasn't It wasn't on a Sunday. Because I got mine down to the day. My last Payment goes out on that Friday. That Sunday, I'm gonna give a testimony. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up. I'm, woo, I'm gonna testify. I got two years. Uh, I celebrate. Though. I'm gonna break dance and everything. Rewind. I'm shout. I'm gonna wear a wig and knock it off on purpose. <laughs> Twenty years in the business, right? Twenty years in the financial services industry. Um, yes. Take us back to upbringing for both of y'all. Where? All right, upbringing. South side of Chicago, Wentworth Gardens, projects, that community. Um, what high school? Well, high school, Dunbar. Yeah. Well, Class yeah. of 99. Class of 99, okay. Yeah, graduated. What, what was that look for? What was you stuck? <laughs> What's the stuckness for? What I really st- must have spent my senior year of high school has fucked because I graduated from Dunbar in 99. <laughs> In 99. So you mean to tell me we graduated from the same high school. In the same year? In the same year. She was stuck in the lunchroom all the time. With J-Hood, right? Same year. Not at all. You were in the lunchroom all the time. These guys were worried about money. (laughs) Well, I didn't go to Dunbar. I I went to South Shore. You went to South Shore? Yeah. How much time did you spend in the lunchroom? I was one of the most popular guys, period. I came out of 1992. What year? What school did you go to? That was 2002. 2002. What year you came out? Oh, two. From South Shore? Yeah. Okay, so you came out of 99. I got to get my life together. I've been fucking off since 88. <laughs> 30 <laughs> years of bullshit. Grew up on the south side. <laughs> That's correct. Um, was your family money intensive? Were they, uh, uh, what made you? No, not at all. I, actually, I come from very humble beginnings. So my parents are divorced, and my dad's side of the family, um, I would say, were more affluent with money. So they on, you know, lived on the west side of Chicago. Um, believed in owning real estate, had a substantial amount of real estate. So from my dad's side, that was my perspective. My mom's side of the family, we, you know, we working, you know, working class. You did what you had to do. You know, like I said, we lived in Wentworth Garden, so it was a um, well-adjusted income environment, or what have you, based on your your, your <laughs> income level. <laughs> yeah. Ours was adjusted. That's a good way to put this shit right there. Magic and yeah. yeah. Well adjusted. So one piece of cheese, one piece of meat, hey, hey. one piece of bread. Hey. <laughs> Fold it up. It's a sandwich, motherfucker. Everybody was well fed. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we didn't right. miss a meal. So very humble beginnings. And so that 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 spectrum of seeing um, you know, my dad side of the family with a little bit of money and then not having money. So I, I naturally wanted to know, like, hey, I want to know how to make money, what to do with money, how do I multiply it, and how do I recreate something that my granddad had? Because living with my mom, we, we didn't have it. Let's get candid. All okay, right. let's go there and get candid. Absolutely, that's what we're here for. You from Wentworth Gardens. Indeed. You didn't fall victim to the element. Why not? Um, and what I mean by the, the street element, 
being that you're in, you're coming from a housing project and everything, um, and I knew a lot of people that 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 were from that from that uh, uh mm-hmm. that it was majority of they was folks that was coming to dump that was going to Dunbar during that during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, how come you didn't fall prey to it, or did you? I did not. So I didn't fall prey to that for a number of reasons. One, um, I I was heavily involved in church at that time. Okay. So that was kind of like the barrier that protected me. So I had I was into other stuff. So there was that that level of respect that this boy is doing something else different. He's he's not about the street and things of that nature. But growing up in the hood, you know, you got to be about the street to a certain degree. You yeah, can't so always just want to get by. Want to try. You know, it ain't gonna be one. You're gonna be tried two, three times. You know, and for fun. You were tried. Yeah. You were tried. Oh yeah. I mean, you got you're gonna be tried in, the, okay. in 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 that environment in and of itself. But on a grander scale, I graduated like second in my class from the elementary school. So I was Which I one? was always Robert S. Abbott. Okay. So outside of that, I was doing other type of stuff that led me on a path to business. So I would do oratory competitions at, in elementary school. And people would thought, people, I should say, let me take a step back. People thought I was doing it for the sake of, you know, I just want to speak. I was using my talent and my gift at that time, but I always got McDonald's, you know, at, 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 in school. So if I win the competition, I get treated to McDonald's. I get a free meal. Now, we didn't get McDonald's at home. So I kept winning the competition to get McDonald's. So it was things like that, you know what I'm saying, that kind of kept me out, you know, of the of the, the, the ruckus in the streets. And, and that environment kind of, you know, definitely shaped and molded and wanted to make money. Even when I was young, I wanted to make money. So South Shore, growing it. up in South Shore, right? Well, yeah. Uh, East Side crazy. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up in the South, Sh- in the South Shore neighborhood, like 68th and Crandon. Um, Six mm. brothers um, adopted, and uh, adopted. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, good experience over there in the South Shore neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated, went to DePaul University. Um, from there, uh, got my degree in journalism, and uh, just started working in the corporate arena. Okay. And eventually, uh, hooked up with Brian, and he was starting uh, the Commonwealth, and I just jumped on board with him. Okay, where'd you go to college? Uh, Loyola University, Chicago. So I have a degree from Harold Washington College and Associates. Mm-hmm. Went to Loyola to get a degree in management and then went back to their Institute of Paralegal Studies to get, uh, to concentrate in corporate paralegal. Okay. Or I should say to be a corporate paralegal. So this is, uh, this you've been doing it for 20 years. Both right. of you all have been doing it for 20 years. Well, well I've no. been in the industry for 20 yeah, years. He's been in the finance. industry for 20 years. You, how long? I've been <laughs> since 2012. 2012, okay. Yeah, since 2012. Okay. Um, Let's get real. Let's get real. Let's, let's let's talk some money for real. So let's talk all bullshit aside. Um, I was reading the other day. It, it was no matter of fact. It was today. Um, Magic Mike Delcia. Uh, they, it was. A, did you see the tweet about? It was, a young lady said something to the effect that white families get uh, the the grandmother or the grandfather, the grandparents of the white family members. Give their kids fifty thousand. Speaking of generational cash, wealth. right? Fifty thousand in cash to get things started. We give, we take our our grandparents um, shopping. Oh, you're talking about that one where white kids can get money from their grandparents, but we end up grocery shopping for our grandparents. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Your thoughts. Everybody's thoughts start with you. I mean, well, I have plenty of white friends, and ain't none of their grandparents gave them fifty thousand shit. 
maybe when they died, but mm-hmm. not to start off with anything. They all got the same student loans and bills that I have. Okay. So you think it's been, dis- you're saying it's, it's, you're dispelling that? I mean, mm-hmm. depending on like the, how upper echelon your family is. Like, I mean. Trump daddy gave him a million dollars to start off. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So he, he has a right to be arrogant and say what the fuck he want to say. You know, just a small loan of a million it's, it's, dollars. It's, 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 the, it's the opposite end of the, of the, uh, the seesaw. You know what I mean? It's not a balanced playing field at all. So we don't have money coming here, coming into us. No way. No, no, Nobody in this room had money coming up. Right. Actually, we all was one paycheck away from being fucked up. But, but I never felt I, like that Like he up. say, like, you, had, you grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a church, too. My grandmother grew up in a church. And I used to see them go to work no matter what. It could be snow up to their eyeballs. They got to get in there and work, you know, and that's where I get it from. So one thing about us, we have a work ethic about us. Like, I hear you complain about your job all the time, but you never take off. I do, <laughs> all the time. I be calling off on their ass. You do? Hell yeah. Oh, he, he. I'm not going to be arguing with these bitches about a day off. I got you hoes. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming well, today. I think, I think roll to my your, ass straight back over. To your earlier point. <laughs> I think it's a question of wealth disparity. So when we look at the wealth of African-Americans in contrast to the wealth of non-African-Americans, there's a huge disparity there. And I I think we need to start back and understanding what wealth is because we have a misunderstanding of the difference between wealth and riches. And you can be rich tomorrow. And, you know, you can win the lottery and you have several, you know, several hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and you can have that money sitting in a bank account and you're just spending it day after day. That's riches. You have the money to afford to do whatever you want to do. But when you have wealth, which is something you take, you take, you take that million dollars that you have, you convert that into some real estate or something that's going to generate and produce money. So on top of this, the riches that I have, I took my money, converted it, that same million dollars into some type of real estate that still that million dollar value is still there. So I've not lost anything. But that million dollar investment i should say is generating money that's wealth so making sure that you have some assets that's going to generate some money and the difference is with us we as african americans we don't practice sound financial management and sound tools to make sure that we pass on wealth from one generation to the next so historically speaking non-african americans generally pass on wealth at a higher rate than african americans um do and we see that every day in social media. You see mm-hmm. Jimmy, he had, you know, he got killed. And before he had Tim's, he had all types of riches and things. But we're doing a GoFundMe page. Nothing nothing wrong with GoFundMe, but that's not the intended purpose of, right, it's not of life insurance. insurance. So the point is just to draw a scenario to the, um, to the fact that generally non-African Americans or white, the dominant society, they generally pass on their wealth. They generally uh, are concerned and invest in vehicles, and that's just from experience, such as insurance, investments, making sure that they use uh, tools to actually pass on wealth, like wills, power of attorneys, trusts, things of that nature. What we do is slightly opposite. We kind of live, as I'm speaking of, (coughs) as the African American community, we kind of live in the now and don't necessarily um, plan or should I should say or is as proactive as we could be exactly mm-hmm. because we we should we really just don't take any credit score serious you know our grandmothers didn't know nothing about no damn credit score mm-hmm. right you know 
So they was because they was from the the working that 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 blue collar. They wasn't with the white collar. So that's why they wanted us to go to college and learn like you guys did. But the, on the, on the other side is we don't know wealth. We don't know what's valuable. You know, we live for today, not tomorrow. Like one of what's his name? What's the song where he says, uh, "Fuck tomorrow, long as the night before was sweet." You know, and, and there's a lot of guys that live like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in the barbershop the next day, be like, "Man, we we did this. We we bought six thousand dollars with them." Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll be like, "Damn!" Like like the guys that talk with the money up to, to the year, right? And they have GoFundMe's for them because nobody knows where the money is at. Exactly. That's you know point. what I mean? Once they die, right? And and it's 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 like that for. Many of guys, we, we, we don't take, as sure as you live, living, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So we don't take wills and insurance policies and, you know, things of that nature as serious because for some reason we think that shit is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. One well, way we can help build some wealth is take these motherfucking Popeyes out the black community. <laughs> <Hell's chickens>. Pop it! <laughs> <laughs> Take these five dollar boxes out the community. <laughs> hey, or I mean, think outside the box. Shit, I'm a fan of the five dollar box. <laughs> See what right. I'm saying? <laughs> How many years? She we... looks like she is a fan of. Hey, the $5 my Mella. <laughs> Consistently. <laughs> How many did you eat today, sir? You're a fan. Look here, fluffing stuff. I didn't admit anything. You're a fan. But look though. here, fluffing stuff. I hear you. Raise your hand. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, bro. Go for um, it. Finish what you about to say. No, I was just saying, just thinking outside the box. I know oftentimes I used to be mad back in the day of uh, and thinking like, hey, why don't we just, you know, galvanize and unify and, and we and not buy night per se and, and, and take that money and invest it in some other means. And I realized, you know, after time, I'm like, you know what, that the probability of that happening is probably slim to none. Yeah. The folk will kill you. Yeah, there's two chances. A pair of gym shoes. So either I can stay in that position of defeat or I can think outside the box or, and know that these individuals are so dedicated to the Nike brand that they will kill in some instances or give their last to purchase a share of, I mean, to purchase some shoes. Well, I'm not going to fight with that energy. I can just go and buy me shares of Nike. And every time that these individuals are going and spending their money and buying shoes and things of that nature, I can just own, buy, and purchase more shares of Nike and take those dividends and take that money and do something productive with the community. So just looking at things outside the box, it's not going to be uh, uh, advantageous to try to change people's mind and telling a grown person what they should do with their finances. But we can think outside the box and say, okay, folk are not going to stop purchasing these shoes the stock will still go up, I mean, year after year. People are still buying these shoes, but I and I know that people are still buying them, and the stock is going to increase, and that means that's more money for me if I'm a shareholder. And it's only, what, 50, 60, 70 bucks, depending on where the market is, and I don't, I'm not speaking as a financial um, advisor, but, you know, from the standpoint of an educational component, that's just logic. So if you really wanted to do something, you can get together with your boys in the community and just buy some shares of Nike, you can start an investment club to do yeah. something starting locally or what have you to affect some change. It's not always, you know, hurrah, hurrah out in the street and waiting for some some big to happen. It can start right here in, in this it, actual exactly. studio. Just like with Apple, a, exactly. tri- a trillion dollar company. Okay. I heard a guy one day in my chair tell me, I love Apple. I was like, nigga, you ain't even tell your grandmama that while she was alive. You waited till she was dead. She didn't know that you, you really love that phone like that. It's an apple with a fucking bite out of it, man. What the fuck? 
you that crazy about the Apple product that much? That that, that we do, you know, we we we've been tricked so much that we 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 so far behind. We think we in first. And I said that last week. That's one of the reasons why we why we've uh, created these uh, free financial empowerment seminars. Yeah. So we just had the first one, uh, which is called Making Money Make Sense. Uh, budgeting made easy. Where we had uh, it was an interactive power pack, uh, free seminar hosted by the Commonwealth at the University of Chicago Polsky Center. Mm. Uh, uh, that one uh, was held uh, this past Monday, uh, July thirtieth. How did but the turnout? It was a it was a great turnout. We actually yeah. it exceeded the the capacity that we initially planned for. So. I was, you know, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised and happy to see that individuals were coming out to learn about budgeting. Yeah. So we know that dealing yeah. with your finances, there's a system. And like we were, uh, Romel was mentioning, the first seminar was um, budgeting made easy. That's the first foundational principle to do to deal with your finances, no matter where you are. You need to have a budget in place to know what's coming in and what's going out. And the second phase, and we're working on in our uh, seminar at the end of this month, is uh, smart banking. So once we have your budget in place, we have to look at how we are handling your, your finances and your money, you know, your checking accounts and things of that nature. Are you really banking for those that don't have accounts? What are some, some cost advantages way or cost um, some economical ways to, you know, cut and save instead of going to the currency exchange to cash your check and things of those untraditional ways. And then after we go from uh, smart banking, we're focusing on the next month, and that's in September, uh, the state of your credit. Yeah. That's equally important. I worked for one of the major credit unit credit bureaus for almost two years as an auditor on the background. So I have a little bit of an understanding of what it takes to kind of properly manage your credit. So we're going to really dive into that in the month of September. Mm-hmm. Where would that be at? That's going to be at the Polsky Center. So all of the, the seminars, which are free, um, it's the fourth uh, fourth Monday of every month okay. at the University of Chicago. Um, same room, same place. Yeah, same room, Jackson Park meeting room from 7 p.m. to 8.30, an hour and a half of just a power-packed and fun session of understanding your money. You will have the RSVP, though. So the link, How so. do you get in contact with you guys? So first of all, do you have any uh, Twitter pages, social media Absolutely. handles or, or uh, emails or whatever? Absolutely. So the web address is www.cwimoney.com. Again, that's cwimoney.com. And you can go to any of our social media cha- social media channels. Facebook is at cwimoney.com. Twitter is at cwimoney.com. YouTube is at cwimoney.com. LinkedIn. So there's a wealth of information that's there. And if you are on Facebook, you can easily sign up right from, uh, from the web. The website. So what are some small things that people could start doing to like start budgeting their money? Like, just small little tips. Small tip. Um, if you're, a, it depends on your personality. So if you're the type of person that 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 look at money and you're kind of anxious about it, you may need you some libations. You may need you some wine that you have. Get you pour you a glass of wine and get you a a, a letter opener and open your mail. That's the first step. You know, you need to know what your bills are. So we need to take account of what's coming in and what's going out, right? It's three simple steps. So your first step is just understanding how much money you have you have coming in from your, you know, of your income, your paycheck, child support, food stamps, irrespective of what your sources are. And then once you know what that is, you need to allocate and understand what your expenses are. So again, that's two simple steps, understanding and writing down how much money I have coming in. 
and then I'm going to make a list of every expense I have from rent to getting my hair done to nails done. If I'm going out to party, entertainment, we account for everything to the penny, which is the reason why it's important to open your mail. After you do that simple step, then you go to the next stage, which is um, organizing your finances, and it's called balancing. So we have to make sure that we are in a surplus, which, is mean, which means that you have more money coming in than you have going out. So when we start these simple things, then you can move to the next stage of saving your money. And then after you save your money, you want to go to the next stage of, stage of investing your money. And for our brothers that don't necessarily have tax identification numbers and things of that nature, there's other alternative investments like silver and gold and things of that nature. You catch that jewel. Gotcha. Yeah, silver, and, <laughs> silver yeah. and gold. Okay, let's uh, rewind. <laughs> Why? What was that light bulb? When did that light bulb happen? When did it click inside your head? Both of y'all. When? The mouse came out in the uh, in the uh, and cut the light about, out. Just about finance, period. Just per- I mean, when did you know? Well, the, we, the, we 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 you know. Let, let's talk for let's just get let's get the, let's the, get to it. Sometimes I'm gonna be real short and real quick with it. Sometimes we take money for granted. Average black man takes money for granted. Um, I'm not gonna give a ratio, but we take money for granted at times. We like what we go see when we go out on go by the. The, jo- the, uh, the Jordans or, or the mics or whatever, as these, these everybody calls it, or or we go out the Fourth of Jesus. July outfit, <laughs> right for the whole fucking family, the, right, the, right. the Bud Billiken parade outfit. Indeed, nigga yeah. said he was gonna buy, he getting his outfit ready for Bud Billiken parade this weekend, and then gonna come to me for a free haircut for his son <laughs> and a book bag, send his son back to school. Right. When did it click inside both of you all's heads? Like, God damn, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of being broke or you know, when, at what age, what what month, if you can recollect, what time? I mean, it was pretty clear for me. My my very first job, very first financial services job was working at Morgan Stanley okay. in downtown Chicago. So working in their compliance department back then, having the that, that privilege and that ability to, to learn the wealth of knowledge that I learned. Which year? It, which year? Yeah. 2000. Gotcha. So 2000, uh, 2001, around that time, that's when the bulb came on. And I'm looking and um, I'm realizing that all of these individuals that are practicing, you know, let me even take a step back and just be real with it. There yeah, was a be lot of real, money. please. Cause it, take, like all the white folk had money. Right. So what happened for me was I, I grew up in this environment mm-hmm. where we thought it, it, it was important to look good. So yeah. here it was, this 19, 20-year-old a young kid from the from the project, given this opportunity to work in the financial services industry, and here it is. I'm dressing nice. I went and borrowed some money to buy some new shirts and stuff from from Macy's and so forth. And I had this 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 misconception, and I thought that um, that was that was wealth. But then, as I was working at this on this job, and I had the ability to um, to kind of see some individuals, some of the other stockbrokers there that were working. Some of them did not look as aesthetic. They weren't as aesthetically pleasing as others. There was this one particular broker that, you know, looked like he needed me to buy him a shirt. It looked a little run down. You know, I was like, man, you know, this brother looks like he needs some help. And it wasn't until I did, I, I we were doing an audit in our office or something. And I think we, I, I had the, I saw one of their accounts, their personal holding accounts. Mm-hmm. And the same person who I was thinking that I wanted to buy a shirt 
because he looked just like this regular dude. This brother had several million dollars in his account. So for me, the bub hit. Here it is. It's not about your red bottoms. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily about, you know, looking with your Gucci on, which is, I mean, it's nice, but it's equally important to make sure that you have some, some digits in your account and that you have some assets and some, and you're building wealth. So at 19 and 20 though, in 1999, 2000, 2001, you know, where were you at? I was a college student. Right. Where were you at? In a barber shop. Where were you at? 2001. Still in high school, right? In high right? school, yeah. I'm uh, 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 working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car or working at uh, uh, Maryville Academy. Mm. Um, but as a 19 and 20-year-old, and you were like, what, 17, mm-hmm. eight, 17 years old? The majority of black males at that time are thinking about one thing, pussy. Right. Looking good, pussy, whatever, period. A good time, period. Bottom line, um, and who cuffed you? Who was the person that said, come here, let me show you some things? Your here. grandfather. Both our grandfathers. I both? Yeah. yeah, both our grandfathers. Our, both our grandparents lived in the, sa- in the same community on same the west side, of Chicago. west side of Chicago. His grandfather owned like half the block, mm-hmm. half the community. My, Interesting. My okay. grandfather owned quite a bit of real estate on the west side. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a different generation now. Yeah. Having a good time got me in trouble. So when I was there, we go. There, years now we're talking now. Let's get you know, to it. When <laughs> I was seventeen years old. I, I, you know, I was, I was a father. Okay. All right, at okay. That time. All so right. it, it automatically created a different mindset when it came to looking, thinking about myself and future and legacy. So coming from the environment or being raised, you know, under the umbrella of, of our grandparents, even though I presently didn't grow up in a house that believed in necessarily entrepreneurship and things of that nature. Right. You know, they had an expectation for education, but it was on my dad's side that was like, hey, it's important to own something, not just, you know, the clothes that are on your back. You need to own uh, some real estate. You need to have some money to take care of your family. So those are those two different conflicting paradigms, I should say. What's the what's the percentage of that mindset you think is was present back then and is present now? It's still... You. It's still it's still present. I think it's more magnified now. So I think. Well, but what kind of percentage would you say? Would you say out of a hundred percent? What would you say? Who has that mindset that your grandfather had? And that your grandfather had? What would you say? I mean, I'm gonna go around the whole the whole panel. He'll start with you. Uh, that that still retained that mindset. Yeah, that had that mindset. Period. I that mindset of, of owning half the block at that age, or. You, you, you understand what I'm coming from? Yeah, or, think, was it, or is my question too loaded? I think probably only a few family members in my family that is probably only a few family members in my family that have actually, you know, um, took that knowledge and implemented it. What would you say? Three out of ten? Let's say ten family members. Three mm-hmm. out of ten? Yeah, probably three out of ten. You're saying what, what number? For you, for you and your family and for everybody in your, your network? At that time, uh, at that age, in my family, I was the, the primarily the, the only person thinking about it from that perspective. I do have some cousins, my cousin Alex and Eric, and a few others on my dad's side because we're my grandfather's kids. We still have that that mindset when it comes to entrepreneurship and, and real estate and investing. So you would say it's four of you all? Yeah, about about three or four of us. Yeah, three out. Of, what about you? What what? Did you have the uh, the mindset? <laughs> you put the phone down. Um, the mindset of, of, of you're not you're college you're in college at that time, ninety nine two thousand. Your grandmother 
raised you? Mm-hmm. What was the mindset that she that she implemented on you as far as finances back then? My or did she dropped me off at the train station when I went away to college mm-hmm. with a check for five hundred dollars and said, "We'll see you Thanksgiving." So I had to take that money and make it do what it do. I've always been financially savvy. You always budgeted all the time, right? Always, all the time. I mean, because I cook. Like my senior year of high school, I forgot what I wanted to say. I was saving for something. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll sell cookies. Three, four dollar. About this bitch. So in my food service class, I would stop at the Jewel, pick up all of my ingredients, come back, cost out my recipes. I knew it cost me exactly... 23 cents to make each cookie. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And this was in high school. Like, I was helping the other kids cost out their recipes in high school. Like, that was my shit. So, I started selling cookies in October by my birthday. I probably hit, like, Mm $4,000. And perfect time for me to sell them was, like, at the end of the night to all of the dudes that were selling crack up the street. So, the $500 was was the... the, um that was my dad gave me that money. That was just to get whatever I needed because it wasn't like I was moving into an actual dorm. They were like real life apartments. Gotcha. I took the train. My grandmother, she gave me a debit card. All the little fifty dollars she used to take from me when I worked. That was what was on the debit card plus something extra. When it's mm-hmm. gone, it's gone. Ain't no more. Magic, nineteen, twenty years old. What's your mindset as far as finances and money? I was drinking genuine jazz, having a good time. <laughs> then I got broke as hell, lost my job, mm-hmm. and I was hungry than a motherfucker. And I was like, I don't never want to feel this pain in my stomach ever again because I had too much pride right. to ask somebody for some money. I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I had, I, I didn't want to ask nobody for nothing to eat. I said, I'm going to work this out on my own. I didn't want to tell my mother I was fucked up. I didn't want, you, you knew I was fucked up, but I didn't want to, you know, wear it on my face. So the next job I had, I got, I held it down all the way. I was I was a mailman. Then I got a job at the. Uh, I was that's when it had me having two jobs at a time. I was working. At, I was a mailman. I was a Stores. a bus boy at a in the Continental Hotel okay. downtown. And then once I stopped doing the mailman, I became a, a delivery guy, a, 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 a messenger for Sir Speedy. Mm-hmm. And I used to walk all over downtown. I used they used to give me the money. I used to keep the money myself. Cause I needed money, you know what I mean. Right. So before Chase Bank was Chase Bank, they was uh, another first bank. national bank of yeah. Chicago, and that's that's where that's where I had my first uh, checking account at, and I was just excited to do it, and I just wanted to have me some money. Just I never wanted to have that feeling where I couldn't even buy myself a motherfucking hamburger, that dollar hamburger with the little full fries on the side. I couldn't even get that, and I was hungry than a motherfucker. I used to hop the L and go downtown and fill out applications. Mm-hmm. Hop the L, jump over the turnstile. This I'm talking '89, right? '90, right? Hop that train to go down there. I used to let other motherfuckers go first because sometimes they're behind. The detectives are behind behind where you paid at. So if they was hiding behind there, they see somebody hop the L, they grab them first. So I let all four or five people go. I'd be like, all right, we cool. Popped. <laughs> And that goes back to the whole ideology that we, you know, as as blacks, we always in survival mode. You're trying to teach now living. Indeed. Instead exactly. of being in survival mode. 
what do you consider percentage now in this digital age of how many people are, that you come across or that you deal with, both you all deal with, are in, still in survival mode versus living mode? I think to the a large degree, I would say over 50 percent are in, in survival mode. And I think that's the majority of all of us when we think about it, when we live day to day. Not many of us have the opportunity to sit and be, and be and, and, and be retrospective and, and you think about a vision. Although, you know, the good book says without a vision, you perish. Yeah. We all need a plan in place. But because, I mean, just the cares of life that's happening, we don't have that, that, that time. You know, you want to, you come from a good heart, you want to make sure that you're budgeting and taking care of everything, but, you know, you really have to take care of Jimmy and John and Mama called and somebody else came up. So these skill sets that we're referencing and referring to and talking about with financial empowerment, it's not taught in the school system. So we weren't taught these skill sets. And generally speaking, based on a wealth gap that we were talking about, it's not a cultural thing that we practice as often we don't when I say it's not a cultural thing meaning we don't have this conversation we're having right now about money if we had this type of conversation more often I think that would help change the dynamic it would help make it more easier for individuals to have a conversation about hey brother what are, what are you doing with your money like what did you learn from your folks because there could be something that you could teach me that I'm not doing so we deal with individuals from various um, different levels and we take a very uh, supportive approach and realizing that these are the type of individuals, um, or I should say the backgrounds that we are dealing with, and we have to have a, a new and innovative way to combat the problem. We got to change the channel. Uh, instead of Sports Center, we got to go to the, uh, what's the channel where they got the stock market at? At the bottom? Are you talking about C- I mean, MSNBC. Yeah, so we got we to gotta talk about different things about, instead of Jordan versus LeBron, you know, the, the same old rhetoric, Narratives in the barber shop. You know what? I'm I'm in the barber shop. We never get the financial, right? Uh, uh, every now and then, it's like I told y'all, the guy was in there with the mm-hmm. credit card, trying to show us that, and right. then that went clean out the window. Like like we get Annie for alcohol. All the guys get up to Annie for alcohol. I didn't see the pot get up to as as big as two fifty. Mm. I didn't see the guy gamble in the shop and win fifteen hundred dollars and buy everybody a fifth. Mm. You know, wow, and <laughs> and, that, that, <laughs> and that was just to show off for the chick that he wanted in the back. You know, but those are just some of the things that happen. We don't get a brother like yourself and yourself to come in there and be like, you know, after two or three visits to the shop, change the narrative for that day and get right. the, get the wheels of spinning. That's all we need. Got to do is change the culture around us. And then once, once they start seeing the culture change, now we're steady, we're thinking different. Instead of giving Mike another two hundred dollars for some Jordans, right? Put that two hundred dollars towards shit, the boot list. Or I mean, <laughs> that you own. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you said towards the boot list. <laughs> that you own. You know what I mean? Make it logical, right? Yeah, like, like do do something different. But I think us as black people, if we can't see our money on us in our pocket. You know, wearing the clothes, mm-hmm. driving the car, having the, the the top-notch shit in the house. Like, you got a 65-inch TV. Yeah. 
No, but I you, follow you. But you want the uh, fire stick or the cable bill too high? I mean, like. <laughs> so wait, I don't, <laughs> like, hey, I don't, I don't knock anybody for what whatever methods you have to take to survive. Yeah, and I, I definitely wouldn't tell anyone not to do anything per se. But to your point, I would encourage more conversation, more dialogue in the in the barbershops around dealing with money and, and finances. And I think, and just you know, being in the barbershop my own self, oftentimes we just don't understand. No, we we don't understand. Um, about these or about money and how simple it is and how the terminology it, it really isn't as complex as we make it seem you know adding or showing the youth because that's really what it's about the next generation you know you can't teach an old dog many new tricks you know they say none but my thing is the next generation that's coming under us if we can show them something different for example my dad's side of the family my thing was it was important after my grandfather passed away that all the men got together. My dad, my father, I'm sorry, my uncle, he owns a small boat. Mm -hmm. So my thing was, hey, we want to teach financial literacy and financial education. What we're going to do is we're going to form an investment club. So me and all the males on my dad's side of the family, we decided we were going to get together once a month. Every month we're going to pay, put in 25 bucks towards our, uh, I'm sorry, 50 bucks towards an actual investment. And then we're going to put $15 towards dues. And that $15 went towards buying some, some food, making sure that we got gas for the boat. We had, you know, some, some, some spirits, something to drink. So we would literally go on the boat once a month. We would all invest our money, collect our money and everything. We would invest in certain in different uh, stocks, Nike, securities and things of that nature or what have you. And then every month, I mean, we sit there, we talk for about 30, 45 minutes. This is what our stock portfolio is doing. Sure, this is how much we made. Exactly. Made. We record everything. And then for the remainder of the night, we turn it up. But everybody has a role within, in, the organization. In, in the organization. So nobody feels as if that they... Big eyes, little you. Yeah, exactly. it wasn't like you that know, at all. We all, we're working together. We're a group. You know, no egos. As a team. No, no, I mean, egos. it's your family. So there's no room for an ego. So when you have things written down... And on, and on paper, it's real clear, hey, this person is good with money and finances. So this cousin was going to make sure that they um, they collected all the money and put all the, uh, the money into the actual bank account. Another family member is responsible for making sure that we organize the meetings. Another family member took care of the food. So the thing was everyone stayed in their, in their individual lanes, and it worked well together. And that was successful for, for what, several years we did the investment club. So, yeah. How do you... How do you let's be, let's get real right another time? Okay, mm -hmm. you still put money in the mattress? <laughs> Both of y'all, please answer. You still put money in the I mattress? Don't put money in the mattress? Not at all. The, the, you know what? I do, do you put, all put money in the put, mattress? I do put money in the mattress. The mattress is now uh, online savings account. Okay, it's not the actual mattress. It's not underneath there. I can't physically touch it, but you know. If I still need access to it, you, I can still get to it. Okay. I think I know where you're coming from. So that's a that's an olden thing where they didn't trust the banks. So ba you know, based in the on in history, shit, you might not trust yourself. Well, that's true. So, but I mean, like, if you don't trust yourself, you got the money in the mattress. What's the point in having it there? It's like you can reach up under your mattress and grab it. So mm -hmm. my understanding of having money in the mattress was because there was a distrust back in in the days with our financial system. Or right. what have you. So when I mention gold and silver, you know, you know, you have your money under the mattress because you didn't trust it in the bank, but you don't have to put it in the mattress. You can use alternative ways and investments to put your money in to store it. Money in the mattress. 
I have some cash on hand. Okay. Money in the mattress? How much money you think you can fit in a race car? <laughs> Bobs. <laughs> hey, <laughs> side note. I don't know if you saw the video of the Tesla. Did you, 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 I tagged you with yeah, it. I tagged both of y'all she with it. She, showed, she sent us a video about the Tesla. Uh, the guy that's, black guy that's rebuilding Teslas and shit. Oh, yeah, I seen it. Yeah, I seen that one. You saw that one? Yeah. He had a race car bed in there that he sleeps on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he made three babies off a race car bed. That was a couple episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. I it's it's the correlation like right there. Yeah, right. The race car. I said I didn't move out of my mama's house until I was 43. So I said I was still sleeping on the race car bed. Wow. So, 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 so. But the race car bed in, in the black community represents something that, you know, that's what we we slept on and, and at that time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you saw that when you go over, over some friend's house or go over somebody, you know, you just met's house or, you know, as, as you know, as a youth. And you see a race car, but you're like, ooh. <laughs> they got money. Fascinated. Right, yeah. you're just fascinated by that. But I mean, And don't let them have water on the, on the, on the refrigerator, on the freezer <laughs> side. Like, like to get the water in the ice thing. Right. Like that should be like, amazing to kids. Yeah, like the grandkids. Like now, they, that's magic. all they want to do is push the ice thing all day. We need some more ice. <laughs> get your ass out of here. Money in the mattress, though. Mm. No? Mm. Nah. Nah? Nah. It's just a couple bucks, though. Not even a couple of bucks? Nah, what's the? I think what's the point? I'm yeah. I'm I'm a pretty logical person. Like if there's a a logical means for what I'm doing and it makes sense, yeah. But I don't see I what's the purpose for me doing. Man, it's, AT, well, it's ATM cards out here now, man. Nobody no, no, see, but remember don't twenty me. years ago, the, the whole thing was about everything was about the cashless society. Remember that? Mm, yeah. The what? The cashless society. Yeah. That's what the whole Illuminati, the cashless society, all the kind of the mark of the beast, the chips. And everything, this is what the hip hop was mm. teaching us and telling us and everything. Um niggas don't know shit. Bob's <laughs> <laughs> just trying to do start something up me. You know, yeah, Mob Deep was was on it. They was the cashless society, mob, mm. you know, the, the beat market of beast, the chips in your head. You know how much uh now they say the chips in that the, they got to really do got the chips in our head is through the fucking phone. Yeah, mm. it's the phone. You know. But money in the mattress, you're saying no go for neither one of you all. It doesn't serve no. a purpose for me now. Nah. Doesn't serve a purpose at no, all. Not at all. No. Um, Coinbase, Robin Hood. Your thoughts, both of y'all. Uh, let me get Brian because Brian, I, I, you you've been you're talking. A, Brian, I mean Romeo, I've been talking. <laughs> Romeo, I need you to talk. I need you to say some say some your thoughts first. Then I'm gonna come to you, B. Absolutely. Okay. What's your thoughts about Coinbase, Robin Hood, all these online apps that you can invest in, or are you familiar? Well, I wouldn't really invest in any online apps. I'm not really familiar with what you're talking about right about now, but um, are you familiar with what I'm talking about, Brian? With Robinhood, which is like the um, is it, is that the one where you're taking a portion of what your money and it goes into an account for you to invest, or are we talking about cryptocurrency? Which one are we referring to? Um, you, we can get. To, I was gonna get to that one next. I was gonna okay. correlate to to the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and all that kind of shit. But so I don't want to misspeak. So I'm but not Robinhood is an app where you can download them, put it on the phone. Coinbase, download, put it on the phone, and you know whatever you they take a little bit of piece out the bank account and, uh, and invest, right, right. you can you can click the t- type to add it type type in whatever one that you want to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, invest in. 
as far as like whatever stock that's that's booming, right? You know, General Electric. Yeah, or right, right. So it's kind of like aiding to help you aggregate your, you know, your small portions of money that you have so that you can. Invest. It's cutting out the middleman. All right, your thoughts. I mean, I think it's. I think a lot of technology. One, my thought is that they're great. So as long as you are leveraging it in the right way, you can use apps like you know Robinhood. I like even for like budgeting or some of these other uh, investment apps or what have you. There's a number of them out there. If that's your style, you're the type of person that likes to to work electronically or you feel comfortable um, in that way, then by all means, if that's going to help you invest, I'm, I'm for it. How do you get a person to trust you with their money? That's a good question. How can I I'm I just seen you at a, I just saw you on this podcast. I'm looking at the video of the podcast. It's gonna be up in a couple of days. All right. Shout all out right. to the Robinson brothers. Hand claps. Yeah. I go to one of your seminars at at at, at the uh on the University of Chicago campus. Mm-hmm. You look good, like you know what the fuck you talking about. Both of y'all sharp with it, you coming with it. I got a thousand dollars. I, I, I want to trust you. I want to start off investing something, something with you with a thousand dollars. How can I trust you with my a thousand dollars initially? Well, let, whether it's small money or, or mm-hmm. you know, whether the nigga come with that come with fifteen racks mm-hmm. in cash, or the guy that the corporate guy that comes in with you know a hundred thousand. That he wants to invest, that he just got from his his, his mama's in, that that just died with the insurance. Pray your ass off and give your best Bible verse, your favorite verse. That was my shit, but I shall not want. Hand me that money, nigga. Boss, you get what I'm saying, right, Delta? Right. Yeah. How can I trust you? I mean, it's all about your research, though. I don't want to do no research. Oh, I, the, I see. I see these two guys. They talk intelligently. They look great with it. They know what the fuck they're talking about. How do you say? How do you say? Look, I'm coming to you with a thousand dollars right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. That's what I want to start off with. Or I'm coming with you with a hundred dollars, or whatever. Two things to answer Go. that question. First, on the basis of trust, real quickly, when you, it's it's. It's hard to just initially build trust with someone. Um, I think to your point, Delcy, about having uh, doing due diligence and research. Now, granted, you have to do your research about what our background is yeah. and understanding what my passion is. The only thing I can tell, I can't convince someone to hey to trust me. You have to use your intuition. But if you know what our background is and what our passion is and what we're trying to do and accomplish, I think that in and of itself and the works that we're putting forth going out in the community, teaching high school t- students how to budget their money and things of that nature, giving our resources for free to teach the community in a state-of-the-art facility for absolutely free to come and learn a wealth of information, that's us giving to the community. So that's a part of that trust piece. Um, the second thing with someone coming with $1,000, I think we have to understand the difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner. Generally, when you're a financial advisor, that individual is going to give you advice on individual stocks, bonds, and things of that nature. You're giving them your money to invest. We operate as a financial planning and consulting firm. So we take the principles of financial planning 
and we literally sit there and create a plan for you using innovative and creative methods. So we're the individuals that will help you create the plan of action. So you wouldn't give us money per se and say, hey, here's your $10,000. But what you would do is sit down with us and say, come on, let's come up with a plan of what I should be doing with this money. So if you have $100,000 and you don't have a 529 plan for your child, you know, that might be the first course of action before you go in. 529 is a plan that allows you to save for your children's education. So that's just a tax law. So it's a 529. It allows you to put money every single month in you and family members for when little Ray Ray is born and stuff, and you want him to go and, you know, and, and be the next Barack Obama. You want to start young and put in 25 bucks or 15 bucks. Or when grandma wants to give a few dollars, you can do all that. And you start young, and by the time your child gets to, a, uh, to, to, to their college age, you will have something sustainable. Talking that cash shit right there. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Instead of getting him a fucking party bus for a three-year-old. Hey, hey. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Jersey party for a fucking three-year-old. <laughs> or or you be like the West Side guys that, you know, they get him a hat and move, move to the back and they get him a polo shirt and pants and they all matching and shit like that. Yeah, like, and they yeah. look like their father that left them. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, all the baby mamas crying and shit. Right. They just sitting like they really like each other. And then they go tell Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> and eat right next door at Red Lobster. Bombs! <laughs> call that, they call that livid. That's so, livid. So they come to you and, and get a financial planning uh, outlook and, and everything. We're, we're going to hand, we're not going to handhold you, but we're going to sit down and um, develop a plan of action based on what your goals are. So that's the, that's the great thing and what I'm I, I love about what we do. Working in a financial industry like Morgan Stanley, and I worked at a number of the big wigs. I worked at a hedge fund company. Firm there we go. Talk to us day. about what so is a hedge fund? A hedge fund is like a, that is a, um, it's a high net worth investment that is, it's, you think about, God, how would I describe it? When you think about mutual funds, do we understand how mutual funds are and what those are, how they work? I got that blank look. So there's several individuals in this room right now, right? Right. So if we all decide, and what's the name of the company outside? We're going to say this is the Sonic Palace. Sonic Palace, right? Right. Yeah. So Sonic Palace is the mutual fund. That's the name of the company. However, what this mutual fund is made up of, of several individual companies. So you're an individual company. You're one, right? All of us are individual companies. So now if I hypothetically speaking and just invested all my money in your company and your business didn't do well, I lose all my money. But if I invest all my money in this Sonic place and this Sonic is placed, the actual mutual fund, i.e. mutual fund, is comprised or is, uh, it's compiled with all these various companies. And so when you use the laws of average, if you're not doing well in business and she's doing well in business, it kind of balances out. So mutual funds kind of like it doesn't, it gives you that ability to invest in various companies without putting all your eggs in, in one, one basket. basket. Yeah. So a hedge fund is a more, a more complicated type of investment. They invest in um, various type of alternative things. So when you think of mutual funds and you think of investing in like the um, certain industries, 
uh, like IT. You you may you may have a fund, a mutual fund that invests in like Google, you know, uh, Apple, all of these different type of technology companies. You may have an, a mutual fund that invests in a certain oil industries and things of that nature. So when you think about hedge funds, you think about some big money, and there's generally qualifications to invest in hedge funds. You have to be an accredited investor, have to have over a certain amount of money, like a million dollars, and have to make at least you know, uh, a certain amount of money every year, I think is over a hundred and some thousand dollars. So those are some very, some high net worth investment vehicles. That okay. was a long version of explaining that. No, that was a good explanation. Hand claps on that, for real. Right. Appreciate it, appreciate it. How can some of these motherfuckers get rid of some of the debt that they carry? <laughs> how can people get rid of their debt? So Yeah, like how, what small steps could they take to start I mean, because for me, when I started, like, getting rid of my debt, mm -hmm. I started with the snowball effect. Okay. Smallest one worked my way on up until, like, they was all gone. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to stress myself out putting 20 over here, 30 over there. Like, not that I was in arrears on any of them, but mm -hmm. I just focused on going from, like, small to the biggest. Right. No, that's a good question. I think oftentimes we, we have this general rule that says... You're, when it comes to debt um, elimination, you should tackle uh, the debt with, the, or I should say your credit cards with the highest interest rate. And as I've been saying before, what we do at the Commonwealth Initiative is that we take a holistic approach. It depends on the individual person. For example, when I was eliminating and working on debt elimination, I had some, some small balances, and they didn't have necessarily high interest rates. But I decided I wanted to kind of tackle my $300 debt you know, uh, and knock that out versus trying to tackle this $7,000 debt because the $300 debt made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be a little country for a minute, so I'm like, okay, I'm feeling empowered. I'm paid off my $300 debt, and now I'm going to take that money that I was applying to the $300 debt, and then I'll take that principle and I'll apply it to the next, next one. Principle, so yeah. my point in saying that is it depends on what your goals are in the individual person. Some people are like, hey, I don't need to pay off the smallest one. I just really want to hit the highest interest rate debt and pay that down. And others are like, hey, you know, I want to see some, some goals along the way. So it depends on the individual's goals and their, their approach. We're going to have an Ask Brian moment. It's second, the no, bane of my existence because they just keep popping up everywhere all down my timeline. Credit repair. And why is it such a fucking big thing now? I mean, because I get the science behind it. Everybody's looking for the easy way out. It's still so fucking stupid because you still have the same debt that you came into the situation with. And you just add more on top of it. And I don't think that fucking people know this. Can you tell them what it is, please? Wow. Okay, so as a financial person, I will say that I'm not opposed to whatever method anyone takes towards repairing their debt. So there are those that have that that take that approach and there are some good credit repair companies and and and, and places out there. My personal approach as from working at in the actual at the credit bureau, I think that a lot of things you can do on your own. So for for example when we mentioned early in the beginning of the uh of the of the session we were talking about that you can literally go and pull your credit report you have a right to do that once a year so if you pull your credit report and follow the instructions and you can test things that are not accurate on your report that subsequently will increase your credit score so if you can do it yourself 
you know, I mean, like, why not do it? However, there are those of us that need some hand-holding. And for those that actually need the hand-holding, I'm not opposed to it, but I do believe that you have a right to the knowledge to kind of correct it and do it yourself if I mean, you're I'm that type of person. I believe in doing it yourself, too, because, I mean, it just it's a couple of keystrokes, a little research. Right, for you. Now, I mean, to, and to being devil's advocate, so you may be a little bit more financially adept and be able to navigate the financial systems with a little bit more confidence than others. So when I say that these credit repair companies, they do come in hand for individuals who are like, you know what, I don't have an understanding. Like you mentioned earlier, I don't want to learn. I want you to do it for me. I'm not even necessarily talking about a company. I'm talking about TT that's talking about she got credit repair happening. Like, and she can get you yeah. done for three hundred dollars. Now we talking about a different conversation. Yeah, we talking those about the girls right. that talk like you be my credit. See, you beat I, my credit. I'm a. I need my credit booted up. I just. I'm like they be promising that they can eliminate bankruptcies and foreclosures and evictions. Yeah, and my baby daddy that me picked out of the hell over there, and then he got a car from King Kelly. What? King Kelly? What he, he's a 99 mess, man. We paid $42,000 for it. We got on Wesley. Um, <laughs> Ma- side note, Magic Mike is a comedian and appears. Oh, he's a yes. comedian. He's yeah. a comedian, yeah. yeah. Last year when I got my motherfucker income tax check because I worked at a lottery place it did for two weeks. It did. They gave me $8,000 back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Stop! My stomach—it hurts. We talking about them guys, those yeah. ladies, that that loving couple. I mean, I don't have a nice way to say it, but if if a person that's not their background, you know, and I, I, that's not their specialty, I'm just leery. I'll just throw this out there. So if a person that comes out of the blue and I never knew them to like cooking or have a passion for cooking. And all of a sudden, they're an expert in cooking in a week. I'm, I don't know. So yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of people like, over the years, then then left jobs, got fired from jobs, and they started next week. You know, they're selling plates. Hey, hey, I'm just using it as an analogy. So yeah. when it comes to fixing your credit, you know, if you can adequately explain to me what finance is and the the principles, and can have a conversation and dialogue, or even mm-hmm. speak the jargon. Yeah, those people I are not going to... I mean, I might not... Have an idea. Yeah. Those people are not going to ask you those questions. You're going to have to hand them a coloring book and eight crayons and be like, yeah. this color. <laughs> I got this over here. You, you color. Don't go outside the line, all so, right? So, I mean, hey, buyer beware in those type of scenarios. <laughs> yeah, do your due like, diligence. I just... It's so much of it popping up, up down my timeline, and I'm just like, I don't have, have, understand it. Have people hit either one of you all with the whole, y'all shit is nothing but a Ponzi scheme type shit? No, have no. you come across that? No. no, no, no. We or that marketing level, all that kind of shit like that. No, no, we take a very, a very corporate approach to to the company that we run. So we, there are no gimmicks to what we do. Okay. All of our, all of our policies are are on our website cwimoney.com. Our pricing, our services, you, it's very it's, transparent. Yeah, we're that's one of our tenets of our our business. We're transparent. You know what you're getting in advance. You know what our background, our team of coaches and financial experts that are there yeah so, so a person comes walks in and, and want to make an appointment mm-hmm. how much is the consultation um the, the actual the initial consultation, consultation is complimentary is yeah. it's complimentary right so we offer three 
services, or I should say three categories of services. The first, the first, oh, yeah. the, uh, the first category are financial coaching services. So for individuals that have, um, they just want to get their money together. They want to get their budget together. They have some questions about debt. They have questions about credit. You can sit down with one of our experts for 99 bucks an hour. And what that includes is you sitting down, we go over a plan of action, depending on what your goal is, or we work on two individual goals. And at the end of that session, that hour, we send you the next day within 48 hours, an actual summary of everything that we covered. So from beginning to end, you, you get the service and their quality. Also for individuals that need a little bit more hand-holding, they may be in the process of buying a home and they need a little bit more coaching and buying some guidance, we do have a coaching plan that's $267 and that's for three months. So you get three hours of coaching with an expert, you get unlimited email support and a few other bells and whistles there. So for individuals that need help with financial issues, that's one tier or I should say level of services. For our entrepreneurs, are, are those that are passionate about getting their businesses started the right way, meaning having your articles of organization, meaning having an actual legal entity, a tax identification number, a business bank account, business credit, you know, an actual website, things of that nature. We go through the steps and we help you um, and we eliminate all that, that stress and struggle from getting your business started. To start a business bank account, do you already have to have a business, or is that something you can just automatically start up? No. Generally speaking, most banks, given in this climate today, you have to have an actual legal entity in place before they will open an account for you. Is that like with pay, if you have PayPal and all that too, but your PayPal set no. up under a business? Well, what you're talking about, let's let's look at it from the first thing. You have to have the business set up first. That means the legal entity, LLC, incorporated, however you, uh, uh, an actual partnership. <coughs> then you get your tax identification number, which is how we can identify you. When you go to the bank to open up your actual account, they will want to see your articles of organization. They're going to look you up at the Secretary of State. They want to see your tax identification number. They may want to see minutes that you've actually had minutes in your actual meetings or what have you in your organization and present that before they open the bank account. Once you have your business bank account open, then you get your PayPal account because you want your PayPal to go to your business account, keeping your personal finances and your business finances separate. There should be nothing that, from a personal perspective, that's going to your business account or business handling and things of that nature. So... So Hopefully. your PayPal would be set up under your business exactly. account. Your, it wouldn't even have nothing to do with your name. Well, I mean, you may be the, like the, the signer, the person that, that created it, but it's going to be tied to your business right. tax identification number because for you know for tax purposes, you want everything to flow the right way. You ever seen somebody with a credit score just like so low, like, man, you just... Work with us, man. We got you. You ain't about to die. You You're talking about that faith, those faith-based credit scores? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. Hey, I've I've worked with people, a number of individuals from those with faith-based credit scores, and we've turned their situation around, and they were homeowners after like a year or two down the road. So there's no quick fix. So that's the other thing about this. There's no gimmick. You know, there's not. This is not a microwave. Can't fix your credit in two seconds. This yeah. is a. This is the process that we have to go through. What's an example of a faith-based credit score? Anything you wait four hundred. You wait when you when you praying. <laughs> faith-based is when you got to go someplace and you're applying for uh, uh, some furniture or some type of credit card, and you just praying. You holding Lord Jesus, please. <laughs> 
I hope they approve this because I, need I know this. I need my love seats from below. Cook, right. brothers. That's that faith you praying <laughs> that you can get you can get approved. Bankruptcy. Mm. When is it essentially necessary for someone to file bankruptcy? I've come across so many people in like the last few months, and they like, I'm filing bankruptcy, girl. It's just like, is it that serious? It 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 depends on your situation. And the thing that I, I, I tell individuals that ask me about bankruptcy is it how much debt do you have? Because I you, always you know, ask you, you them have that to weigh, too. You have to weigh the benefit of weighing, you know, filing bankruptcy. You know that once you do file bankruptcy, that's going to have a huge impact on your credit score. So your credit report or your credit score is going to dip at least 100 points, if I'm not mistaken, um, from Damn. filing bankruptcy. So it's not like it's, oh, okay, I'm going to file bankruptcy. And I think the you have to... For me, I will look at how much debt I have. If it's like under five thousand dollars, or if it's between five and ten, and it's something that I can work out and create a plan, which you can come to CWI and we can help you with that. Right. A plan for like over the next three, four years, and you can pay off your debt. You know, so be it. You can do it that way and still improve your credit. But if you are head over heels like I was back in the day when I got into the market, and I invested in a large number of you know quite a few pieces of real estate. And when the market tanked, I was upside down. So I went through a phase where I actually filed bankruptcy. And for that situation, it was it made sense for me because I had almost over uh, over half a million dollars holding in real estate. So there was this no, was during during the the Enron years. Um, this was mm-hmm. like after the Enron years. This was like the last um, the mortgage crisis. During so the mortgage like 2007, crisis. 2008, around that time, it got really. Really difficult. What did they call it? What did they call it? Recession. Uh, the recession. Yeah, yeah, the last recession that we had. Yeah. Was it a, how big? How 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 bad was that recession to a degree? I mean, I think it impacted all of us to a to yeah, a large degree. Because remember yeah. that time? I mean, they extended unemployment because the the job market was hit, was hit was impacted. I think the yeah. banks had to be bailed yeah. out. Yeah. There GM. were whole towns in Ohio that the bank owned. Like whole entire towns, yeah. whole cities. The banks are the saying bank that owned that's everything. That's why Inglewood looks the way it looks. That's why certain places look like the bank. Like y'all can stay in them houses. We don't want no more houses. Fuck y'all, just maintain them. The just only, about to that point. <laughs> yeah. The only people that didn't get affected by the recession was the military. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there's one other group of people: the liquor stores, alcohol. <laughs> alcohol never stopped selling. Okay. Probably sold more. Yeah, he did. You know what we do, and and, and pampers and shit. Cause when you fucked up, uh, the, the fucking don't slow down. Not at all. That's what that's what we really think we in love. Baby, I love you. Motherfucker <laughs> got no turkey bacon or nothing. He eating pork again and everything. Oh. <laughs> He's a Muslim. <laughs> Ain't got no motherfucking money. <laughs> Fuck it, bitch. Go ahead and cook some bacon. Rewind. <laughs> Tastes like fucking paper. Are we headed for a recession for what, with Trump in, in office? We asking these questions. Are we headed towards a recession? I can't answer. I can't say that we are headed towards a recession. I will say that I have heard talks that we are headed in that direction. And in response to that, I would say we would have to look, have to look at what has happened historically. How often does the market dip? You know, is it every seven, eight? that every 10 years, we have to look at those things. Now, what I am not a huge proponent on is 
um, the fear tactic of, oh, my God, being scared. Excuse me. Being scared and, and, and going to this, this fear-driven mode. I think people have to have balance. So if we are headed for a recession, what are you doing to make sure that you are protecting yourself or something like that? So are you secure in your finances? Is your job employment secure? Do you have or have you started a plan to save some money? Um, for those of our friends that don't have tax identification numbers, are you buying silver and gold or things of that nature? Um, are you as an individual, are you storing a means in the case that something goes awry? So those things that you can do irrespective of what's about to happen. So the thing is about preparation and being having some balance. Don't go completely, you know, AWOL and like, oh, my God, the end of the world is happening. It ain't happened yet. But things do can impact us. And what we can do is where we are right now, we can do small things. I mean, if you really are concerned, buy extra, you know, a few cans of canned goods when you go to the grocery store. If you feel like something's going to happen, you know, put up a few extra dollars you know, uh, uh, in a savings account or under in the mattress. In the mattress, you sales, in the mattress. The mattress. Or, you know, not in the mattress, but get you a safe. You know, maybe not a safety deposit box, but get you a small safe and put it in your home, you know, and put you some things up or store it in a safe place or what have you if you feel something like that is happening. And that could, you know, that could protect you. This is the third time you said silver and gold. Like, is there, is there like, That's a message to the niggas without tax identification numbers. That's all I'm going to say. That's what the message is. If you don't have a tax identification number, niggas, silver and gold. You heard it here. Do you have relationships with, with the uh, E-Trades or with the, the the brokerage houses and stuff like that? Uh, individually? Yeah. From there, absolutely. I mean, I've been investing since I was, uh, since I started, began my career. So there are there are some great discount brokerage companies and discount brokerage firms for individuals that want to open an account. And I think it's less than $500 for a lot of individuals. And you can do it online. So, like, do you give that up? Do you do you sit down and give a consultation about that? Yeah. So we talk about uh, at the Commonwealth, we do, we cover a, very, a huge myriad of, like, of issues and, and topics. So it's not like, you know, one set standard if you if big mama is having some problems and you're about to get some money and you don't know what's about to happen people sit down and talk to me about those type of problems whatever it is financial um that you're dealing with we can talk about so if you want to invest we can come up with some solutions for that if you have some issues where you can't get i've had scenarios where people cannot apply for life insurance all right so we we're going to think outside the box so if you can't send the life insurance company 75 80 100 dollars to pay for your $10,000 policy, you can take $50 and put it in a mutual fund. You ain't going nowhere anytime soon. So the probability of you saying, hey, you denied me life insurance, I'm going to take 10000 or take these few dollars and put it every month, systematic investing, into a mutual fund. Maybe after 5, 10 years, that few dollars will cover more than my actual burial cost. I may have something to leave to Quita and Isha and them. And the the Ray right now. Mm -hmm. So just thinking of things outside the box. That's the reason why I reference gold and silver. And it's only because I say no tax identification number to add some humor. But it's a it's another way to save that we are not aware of. We don't realize that you can go and buy, go to the silver store or to the coin store in your local, well, generally in our neighborhood, but in your local other people's neighborhood and go and buy you a an ounce of silver. Right now, I think it's trading about, what, 15 the spot price of silver is a little bit over $15 an ounce for an ounce coin of silver, a gold coin, that little gold coin. So what do you do with it then? You save it. 
Yeah, you just hold The on price of it. gold and silver fluctuates like stock prices. It's, it changes. So how, how much is gold right now? Gold, I think, is around it's spot price, meaning which is the actual price of it. It's about, what, 1200 13 I remember I bought some silver, some gold a couple years ago. I paid $1,600 for one ounce. $1,600 for one ounce of silver. And now it's $1,200. So the, the market fluctuates. Um, silver was trading at $50 an ounce. Now it's at 15 and I look at things like don't panic. Like oh, it's at I, I purchased it at at sixteen. Now it's at twelve. I look at it from a different perspective. It's on sale. Any black, everybody have a sale? Any black brokerage firms that you that you recommend? I'm not aware that we have any. Bombs. Poppy. Are you not serious? Here. Not here in Chicago. Not in Chicago. Not here in Chicago that I'm aware of. That you're aware of. Even with uh, Melody, Hop- Melody Hobson? So, brokerage fund. You're talking about, like, so aerial mutual fund. That's a mutual fund okay. company. So, when you talk about brokerage firm, I'm referring to, like, a, your Morgan Stanley, your Schwab, gotcha. companies like okay. that. But I'm, now, glad, you, I'm love, glad you gave me clarification, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love, um, I mean, like, aerial Melody Hobson, like, Bow Down, um, John Rogers. I believe that's the brother's name that started, um, that founded aerial mutual fund. Like, amazing. Those, like, they are absolutely amazing. So if somebody came to you and you would steer me towards them? It depends on what your situation was. So if you're looking for mutual funds, then absolutely. And you wanted to invest, I would I would make some recommendations of a number of them. You could choose from them. So if you're African-American, you know, hey, here's Ariel and here's some other firms. Here's Ariel, African-American, right. reputable, and here are the other ones or what have you. What would you say if a person came to you and said, I want to... I want to do some investing with Ariel. You're gonna, you're gonna, your your spiel is gonna be what, or what is just saying? How much you're gonna invest, or? Well, again, looking at it, we we come from the planning standpoint, so it's not a matter of how much you want to invest with me per se, but it depends on what your overall goal. And what I mean by that is, if you have five hundred thousand dollars that you just inherit, inherited, it may not be the wisest thing to put all your money into the Ariel mutual fund situation. You may have some other goals. You may have some child support that needs to be paid. You may have some parking tickets. Mm-hmm. You may need to put some You may not even need to have money in your own name. You Damn. might not, you know, you may have to look at some other, some um, sophisticated type of instruments like trusts and things of, na- of that nature. So it depends on your individual situation. So there's not a one, you know, one size fit all, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You just read me. I can't. I can't even have money in my own name. <laughs> I mean, we so all have different scenarios. So, so many motherfuckers want it. <laughs> so okay, you said that we don't. You don't know about. I asked him, "Do you see a recession coming?" Your thoughts on that? Uh, <clears throat> in the I Trump see. during his Trump presidency. I don't see a recession. I see a recession coming for individuals who, you know, are who are unemployed or they haven't took the necessary precautions to, you know, um, save their money. Okay. You know, um, but for individuals who are saving, they're budgeting, they're starting businesses. Um, for those individuals, um, I don't see a recession coming. Not even in twenty twenty. No, not in, no, not even twenty twenty. 
Not even. Now, what, what you think is coming? So let, let, let's. Let, if I, mean, I can pose a question. Yeah, no, of other, course. Come on. If you got the, questions for us, please. Yeah, so I'm just curious. So, what do you think? What do you foresee happening in 2020? And if if something was to happen that was worse than what we've we've experienced, what, how does like what are we going to do? I mean, what they're saying that he what he inherited was the Obama economy, mm-hmm. so that's the reason why it's booming right now and his job surplus and everything. But they're saying that you know. The analysts are saying the Bloomberg people and all these other all, all these other kind of you know outside delegations are saying that come around two more years when it's when it he's entrenched in office if he gets reelected again that recession is going to hit and the, once again like it's going on right now and it's, he's getting he's got a such a high disapproval rate especially in this area in the Rust Belt with with mm-hmm. all the people who fucking voted for him because they were of the backlash against the Affordable Care Act and mm-hmm. all the gains that happened during Obama years. 2020 is when it's going to really hit everybody, especially those factories, factory workers, the uh, all the, the, the rust, the, the, the ones that voted for him. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's hitting, they, you know, they're starting to lose shit now. That's the reason why I'm asking, like, you know, 2020 is is it is it gonna hit hard? Mm. Even for the ones that didn't plan for it or did plan for it or have this and have that, are we gonna see another thing of what we saw with the 2000s again, with the mortgage crisis or with with the recession? I mean, or with Enron and and all the ones uh, uh, Arthur and Andersons and shit right, like that. Right. Do you all both see that happening? Do you all see that? Too? You two see that happening? I guess because I'm a single person. I'm really not worried about it, and my ducks are in a row. Okay. I'm not really focused on it. I'm not going to let it scare me. I'm still going to do everything that I want to do, and I'm still going to save my money. Right, and that's and, and that's the important thing. So, I mean, you pose some 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 great questions, because if it does happen, if a another recession happens, what are we doing to protect ourselves? Like, if we take a second and pause, like what right now it's not happening. So just the idea and the thought of something could potentially happen in a few years. What can we do from this point on? We have this awareness now to protect ourselves. And that's why we wanted to the earlier dialogue. But, you know, buy you a few extra canned goods every now and then. You might want to buy you some water uh, and you're not too crazy with it. But make sure you have resources and bandages and, you know, batteries and things of that nature. From a financial standpoint, saving your money, you know, making sure if something were to happen, in the event it were, like, do you have something saved? Do you have a system? If some, an emergency happens, do you have someone else's house that you can go to? So that's what we can do in this age because there's, you know. <laughs> we in the black delegation. You know, we don't like nobody <laughs> running around our house. <laughs> we, don't, we don't like nobody in our motherfucking house at all, period. You don't hey. even walk around. And some of us like to walk around naked and shit all the time. You know. I'm just saying. Right. When the truth like down, time, you right. may have to sacrifice. I don't know. <laughs> Whether somebody is at my house or not, I'm still gonna walk around that motherfucker with no pants on, so it don't matter to me. Pop it, okay, all right. Like when I come home, this bra comes the fuck off. (laughs) That's it. That's all. These titties is out. I don't care. They just titties. They feed babies. But I mean, you understand what I'm saying? No, absolutely. That the whole everything is compromised (laughs) during a recession. The situation, like you know, this this gets cut. That gets cut. That gets cut. You know, then I mean, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think I mean, the, I mean, historically speaking, 
That is what has happened. Gotcha. And okay. the only thing that we can do is either we have two options. We can either be in fear and we can figure out like, oh, my God, we can create more fear. You scared? Do you feel scared? Do you feel right. the energy? Okay. You, all right. You terrify. And we terrified. can all terrify each other. And we're like, oh, my God. Te- fear just paralyzes you. You can't do anything when you're scared. But if you like, hey, there's some danger, which is what you're saying. It looks like from a historical standpoint, some stuff is about to hit the wall, given our current administration and what's going on. So I don't have power over certain things. But what I do have control over is myself and what I can do for my family and protecting my family. And what I can do is making sure that I got a few little cash. I might not have to be able to, you know, I might I shouldn't buy some extra Patron. I might just take that $30 and I'm going to just put it to the side in a jar. You know, I'm not going to buy a 3-5 this go-round. I'm going to just take that and I'm just going to put that. Exactly. That's you know, what I wanted to get but, out of you or, right there. You know what I'm saying? Or you saying you're trying to save some money. No one's saying deny yourself. You may just buy you, you know, mix you. Uh, get you a regular blunt. And, uh, hey, get one blunt. A dime bag and get you a shot. That's fifteen dollars instead of sixty five dollars. Right. There you Damn. go. You got you some mid grade. And then and, and, and not <laughs> right. just one blunt. One ten dollar Hey, you, OG you got to mix it. Yeah. You know, get you a mid grade, you and lay your song. ass down for the night. What the song say, it'll be all over in the morning. And although we joking about it, but that's the same approach we take with our money. Seriously. We we every situation is different. And we're not saying deprive yourself of anything. We're saying work within a system that's going to benefit you. That's all. Finances are tools. They can help make your life a lot easier. It can, make, it can help your life, make your life a lot funner because when we were investing, it was fun going out on the boat and getting drunk on water. No, I shouldn't say getting drunk on water. Right, I, you know, but you know, know what I'm saying. saying. Why not fun. though? Like that was some of my best drunk times. Especially when you know your stock went up, and you you looking at Nike, and you seeing on the news everybody was running to the stores. Oh my God, Dude, buying shoes, and we Jamal on the boat turning up, keeping me paid, buying all this goddamn Viagra. That's what I'm telling you. He keeps Cialis. I'm juking. Thank you. Well, that's, that's, you're right. Three strikes, baby. You're on a whole nother level. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm t- um, that's the only one I wake up and check in the morning because all the other shit, I just, my job be like, pick what you want to pick. If that's okay. what you're passionate and about. Then I pick their, sh- I roll with their shit and then I have like my own shit and it's always Viagra, man, Viagra. Because hey. motherfuckers is fucking. They won't. They won't. Hey, <laughs> they trying to nail something every rip. demand. What's exactly. what's gonna be in style? You gonna need your haircut. You gonna need some clothes. You need food. Certain th- you need shoes. Certain things are just you're gonna need. Plug it. Toilet paper. Plug everything again. Plug everything. So the name of the company is the Commonwealth Initiative. The website is CWI Money. Dot com Again, that's cwimoney.com. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. We have some great financial empowerment seminars coming up for free. Um, the first one, I should say the next one, is at the University of Chicago's Polsky Center. The title of this one is called Smart Banking, where we will be talking about uh, everything that has to do with opening up an account. If you don't have an account, what we can do. Um, strategies to save money, things of that nature. And then every fourth every fourth Monday until October, we're going to have a free seminar. So again, the one that's coming up this month is August 27th from 7 to 8.30. It's free. Go to Eventbrite. If you go to the Facebook page, 
uh, CWI money. You can actually sign up and register just by clicking on the ticket. And like I said, the following month we're going to do September. We're doing the state of your credit. We're going to have a real in-depth conversation of your credit. And then in October, we're going to finish it out with a bang and call securing the bag. So we're going to talk about um, securing what you have. You work hard for everything that you get, your money, and the bag is your money. So are you making sure you got a trust in place, a will, power of attorney, and things to make sure that your kids and the next generation are taken care of? That's about it. Oh, man, any last words? <clears throat> Come out. CWIMoney.com. And this is, you also know that with this, with this podcast, it reaches all over the world. Do people do online consultations? Can they reach you online? Absolutely. That's a great question. So we work, although we are based here in Chicago, we leverage the power of the Internet. So we work mm-hmm. with individuals all across the state. So if, you have a, if you're looking to get your business started and off the ground, we can work with you virtually. If you have some money matters and money questions, we can work with you virtually as well. Are we liquid money? Are we liquid money? Yeah, are we bla- it depends are on how you look at it. Are blacks liquid money? Everyone can be liquid money. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic and conversation. Is what you do with that liquid money is what's important. You can be whatever someone calls you or wants you to be, but what you're doing with what you have, to me, is what's important. Okay, all right. And I really enjoyed you guys. Yeah, indeed, I know man. you guys I have to come very, back. Very, very insightful. Thank you, Delcia. Great call with the financial episode. I told Hand you. claps. Not about what you know, it's about who you were so disappointed last week when you didn't show up. So these two went at it the whole show. But anyway, <laughs> mama, mama, every day you wait for us another day, you're getting closer to seeing you again. If it is to be, it's to be up to me. Y'all, man, we really appreciate you brothers coming out. CWI uh, investors, man. I, like that, that's, the, that's what I wanted to hear. Some, some good, positive energy, well-spoken. Like-minded brothers that's 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 on top of they they they, they drill, you know what I mean? Man, by the time y'all was you was coming out, y'all came out and you came out in in '99 from high school in '02. Yeah. I was still bullshitting. I graduated in '88. I'm still bullshitting in '18. It's, I, I'm BC out Monday, man. I'm tired of the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Buying air ones and shit. Thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah. Honored to be here. But appreciate it. This appreciate episode it. was my baby. And thank, uh, and thank the new camera guys to the video crew, indeed, man. We indeed. appreciate you guys. Robinson. June and, and, and what's your name? Zedric. Zedric. Z Man. Z Man. Yeah, I know you got to have a nickname. They don't just call him Zedric. You <laughs> <laughs> slap motherfuckers will call him. The only person called him Zedric is his mama and a judge. Oh, shout out to the Robinson <laughs> brothers right there. <laughs> The Robinson brothers, they getting it, they getting it, they getting all that together. And by the way, I lined up Delcia here for the first time tonight in the shop. I mean, and down he was in, the in his bitch like it was the trap. Yeah, yeah. Um, she her kitchen was napping in that month. Reasonably, goddamn, just every time, every time I need better friends, internets. That's exactly what this is. I'm taking auditions. Reasonable ignorance podcast now on Apple Podcasts. Now on anywhere where you hear podcasts. Um, on SoundCloud, download, subscribe, review, leave a comment, share. Bombs!